Well, this is, uh, this is both exciting and nerve-wracking and uh, humbling because uh, if, you guys, if you guys were around for the 909 or if you tuned in online, uh, there are some legends in our church that are far more qualified to speak on a topic like this than we are. Um, and so, you know, as we, as we were invited to uh, be a part of this weekend and speak, uh, we had to look within uh, what it is that God has done in us individually and together um, that is unique. Uh, what, what is our story that, uh, that we can share with you that might lend uh, itself in the way of encouragement in the way of bringing life to you. And so uh, we, we are excited to be here. Um, and uh, I came to Heart of the City in 2010 and met this beautiful lady right next to me. And uh, if you want to show that, that first photo, uh, this is the first photo we ever took together on my iMac. We, we were just friends, though. We were just friends here. <laughs> We were just friends. We were. Okay. Um, we uh, we uh, were able to build a really really cool friendship, and um, I was I was eighteen when I moved here, and I and I was turning nineteen, and uh, there was a lot of stuff that I was working through uh, just in my in my past and. Uh, the the church here had such tremendous and profound grace on me to where I was able to feel free to expose what I was holding inside. Um, and I'll never forget the, the time that I sat down in Pastor J.O. and Ray Dean's office and uh, some people had brought some stuff to them that, uh, that I had been mixed up in. And... I, I sat there in the office and they're like, is this true? And I'm like, yeah. And I expected them to react in the same way that I had uh, grown up experiencing. And uh, I got quite the shock in that they were not shocked. And they walked in tremendous understanding and love. And ultimately, uh, this church has had such a profound impact on me. And so I want to thank you uh, guys, for, for just being there for, for me. Um, but I, I met Jamie pretty much right when I moved here, and we, uh, we started building a friendship. She was dating some other guys. I, was, I had a couple of relationships. <laughs> Listen, all over a period of time. That is not. That's weird. <laughs> She's like, stick to your notes. Um, That's what happens. And uh, so anyway, I was down in L.A. for about a year and uh, moved back up here. We got into a relationship and uh, we've been married for quite some time. So I'll let, I'll let Jamie kind of take over now so I don't keep putting my foot in my mouth. <laughs> 
Yes, so we've been married um, almost 10 years, and we have three amazing boys. Uh, we got some pictures. They're awesome. We have Jonesy Ray. He's right here on the front row. Right there, soccer guy. We are in our soccer. This I'm was just a couple weeks era, ago. Mom, I'm I'm loving it. Uh, so he's four in November, and then we have next picture the twinnies. That's Raleigh on the left and Raider on the right, and they are almost a year in just a couple weeks. Yeah, like a, two weeks, a week, ten days. <laughs> it's fine. I'm fine. Um, <laughs> But we're excited to, um, I've been coming to the church um, for a long time, uh, been here the whole time. For a while. <laughs> my parents moved She's... here from Vancouver, so um, I am blessed by you guys. This is my family, and we're really excited um, to share. We, we did um, youth pastor here for five years, and so, yeah, woo, yeah. You, <laughs> um, and Alumni, we, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, we love you guys and we're excited to, um, share what God has put on our heart for, um, marriages today. Should we jump into it? Okay. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity to be in your presence. God, we don't show up this morning, uh, thinking that we get the luxury of walking out of here being the same because your presence is here. And so God, we open up our hearts to you. We open up our minds to you. Every, every place that we've elevated our own understanding above the word, above you, Holy Spirit, we uh, pray that you would just knock us off our high horse this morning and humble us and bring us into unity with your word, with your will and your design. God, we thank you so much for marriages in this place. We pray, God, that all relationships um, would just uh, receive life and fresh wind and fresh inspiration this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we decided to call this message this morning, One Team. Uh, and that's why the jerseys. Uh, just People get like that out of the way. Yes. She's like, make sure you explain so we don't just look like weirdos up there. Um, we decided to call this message One Team. About a year ago, we, uh, we got to the point where uh, we, we were in a really tough season. We'll be able to talk about that in just a little bit. But we were in a really tough season, and uh, I woke up one morning, and I felt like God was telling me that we needed to emphasize to one another as much as possible that we, we are on the same team. And so when I brought this to Jamie, uh, we started practicing this every day. We would wake up in the morning, we would look at each other, and we would say, I'm on your team. Um, and uh, I, can't, I can't tell you what it's done for me. Um, how many of you uh, in marriage know that sometimes you just need to clarify something? <laughs> you know? Uh, and, and it's, it's just been a beautiful part of our journey, especially in the last year of just reminding one another, even if we're mumbling it every once in a while or saying it somewhat begrudgingly, uh, we never do that. (laughs) We, we are on the same team and we've got, uh, we've got four points that we'd like to share with you this morning. Yeah, so we're going to hop in. Um, The first point is uh, one in goals. So we're going to be in Philippians 3.14. I think it will be behind us, but I'll read it too. Um, I press on towards the goal of the upward call of God in Jesus Christ. 
Um, so this one came out of, um, we believe just that it is so important to determine your life goals with each other. And I'm not in this talking about um, goals like, you know, we want to buy a house, we want this kind of car, which those are great and those are good to have as well. Um, but in this, I'm talking about more of like, where are we going? Where, um, what's this, what's this going to look like? And so maybe an example of that is like, um, like a non-negotiable for us is we pursue Jesus, number one. Um, another one for us is spending time with family. Family is so, so important to us. Um, reaching the lost, pursuing um, your passions, walking in uh, the God-given gifts that um, God gave us. And this is more like even pre-marriage, um, I believe, that it's kind of, you want to have those locked in before you get married. Like, are we going in the same direction? Because if we're not, we should probably go in different directions. Um, and so what's great here is that once you get these locked in, you don't have, those are, okay, we lock those in. We don't have to worry about, I mean, is it good to talk about those and remind each other? Absolutely. But you don't, I don't have to worry that, that Topher is not pursuing Jesus number one. And does that look like sometimes me being like, hey, are you in your word? Or, you know, when are you reading your Bible? Yeah, that's great. But, but we know that that is a non-negotiable goal for us. Um, so, so in that, um, you know, we have different personalities, uh, but personalities, <laughs> no looks, okay? Um, personalities should not affect goals. Will it affect how we go about doing those goals? Yes, it will. So for us, in our case, as probably you got from his look, is the opposites attracted. <laughs> Me and Topher are so, so different, which is, which is beautiful, um, but has raised some tension sometimes. Um, so like, for example, um, I am a to-do list gal. I have a to-do list every day, if not multiple to-do lists by co categories. So right now Her I have- Her to-do lists have to-do lists. That's- Yes. <laughs> Check off to-do lists. No. Um, but this is just kind of some, something funny about me. I write to-do lists. I check them off. And if they start getting messy or I check enough off, I will write another list with the same things. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I write again the same things. And sometimes, depending on how I'm feeling, I even write down things I've already done so I can check them off. Motivation. So that's just something about me. I, I'm not kidding. This is the truth. It's just dopamine release at this yeah, point. Yeah, yeah. It's just... <laughs> um, so something you should know is that you will not catch Topher doing that. You won't. You just absolutely won't. He's like, okay, so why do we, why do we need this? Like, shouldn't we just have the goal of like clean the house? I'm like, yes, but how are we going to clean the house if we don't have every single thing written down to what we need to do? So that's of course just a funny thing, but we, we are so different. Um, and something that I've learned is that personality isn't an excuse for sin. So I think, I think in our culture, um, we have sometimes glamorized sin a bit, um, and myself too, I think at times. Uh, like maybe you've heard this, um, oh, I just say it how it is with no regards for others. Well, that's mean. Don't do that. That's, that's rude. Um, oh, I, I'm just anxious about everything. It's just kind of who I am. Well, the Bible does talk about that, of not being anxious. Um, or maybe I'm just a workaholic. It's just in my blood. That, that is, it is good to work. 
it is not good to have only work be your, your main priority. So um, these, these could be tendencies of a personality, but it doesn't mean that it is, um, it is, is, it is okay. Um, so, you know, like I said, so maybe it's being anxious. Maybe it's wanting to be in control of things. Maybe it's um, tendencies towards being lazy um, not being diligent with things that you say you're going to do. Um, or maybe it's, you know, you have a really big idea, so, like, wisdom goes out the window. Um, that never happens with me. <laughs> I just, just walk in wisdom. I didn't say just, anything. I'm using examples. So It happens with me. <laughs> he told on himself. Um, there, there is so, so much beauty in being who God has called you to be. And so I think just an encouragement is like, yes, be who you are. Be exactly who God has called you to be, but always strive to be like Jesus because we all have things that we got to work on. And so our goal as believers is not to be the selfish version of ourselves, but to be the selfless, almost said selfish, selfless um, person. And so I know uh, and I believe that when we align goals dreams um, and desires with what um, God and what he has for us um, and our spouse, it will flourish when we are submitted and committed to doing um, what he has called us to do. Wow. I've got to follow that up. Um, one, <laughs> can you guys tell yet that I'm married up? Um, <laughs> next, the next point is one in values. One in values. How many of you know that it's important to have the same values in a relationship? Um, John 15, 9 through 14. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love. Just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I commanded you. Whatever I command you. Have you guys noticed uh, that like the majority of marriages start off really strong? So would you, would you agree with us if, if we were to come to maybe the loose conclusion that it's not a, necessarily about how you start? Uh, you know, at the beginning of a relationship, uh, I would say it's really easy to find interest in your significant other, in your spouse. But then comes the time where you need to take interest. You know, uh, it's, it's easy to lose interest when all you do is find interest. But, uh, but val- valuing your spouse uh, in the proper order is, is not an easy task. And it takes a lot of intentionality. God says, listen, in, in order for my joy to remain with you, you gotta, you gotta like put effort into this. 
And what I've noticed is that um, people use falling out of love or losing interest or, or, or uh, just becoming un, uninterested in your spouse as, as, a, as somehow a wonderful reason to leave the relationship. Um, and, we, and, and it's rampant, not just in the world, by the way, but very much so in the church. And uh, it, it breaks my heart to see the lack of effort that, that people put into the relationships. And so um, in order for relationships to last... Uh, I love what what was shared at, at the nine oh nine. What was the what was the point that you brought up right before we came up? Because I didn't hear it originally, but you had just said it. What was the? Do you remember what it was that they said? So beautiful. Uh, I have no shame in piggybacking off of an amazing point of wisdom. <laughs> We're a church, y'all. Like, we got, we got amazing wisdom in this house. Um, if you want to know if you can love someone as Christ loved the church, see if you can love the church the way Christ loved the church. You know, there's a, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of guys that I've walked with just being a, a youth pastor for five years and, and, and just being in a relationship with, with guys. And, and it's pretty easy to tell if you're walking in selfishness. Is, do you, are there any problems in your life that are bigger than yours? Are, are, you, are you aware of and are you, are, are you serving people that are honestly have it a, a lot worse than you do? Are, are you surrounding yourself with people that you can love on and encourage and, 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 and serve? And, and, and the thing is, is that Jesus, our prime example, our Lord, loved the church unto death. And, and so when I see that call and, 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 and men have taken this, kind of loosey-goosey uh, approach to serving the church body or, or just not doing it at all, uh, and they step into a relationship, it's, it's pretty easy to tell whether or not you're, you're practiced and, and ready and, and primed for a long-lasting relationship. And so I want to encourage you, listen, if, if you've been married for a little while or, or, or if you're, you know, wanting to be married down the road, learn how to love his church. Learn how to love his church. Um, it will not be pretty. Neither will be marriage. It will be dirty. It will, it, it, there will be heartache involved. There will be hurts. There will be offenses. Am I talking to somebody? There's, there's, there's so many opportunities to grow when you love his church. And, 
And when you do that properly, you get taken off guard way less in a marital relationship. Amen. I'm the next point. Okay. I was so excited to just let her take it. The next point is one in perspective. One in perspective. I'm going to reference uh, one of the greatest movies of all time, Ratatouille. She didn't know I was going to do this. I thinking you were going to say Ratatouille. <laughs> Have we seen that movie? <laughs> yes. Uh, there's this, there's this, uh, how many of you know what the, what the reference that I'm talking Okay, great, good. People know where I'm going. But there's this food critic that comes into the restaurant uh, and, and the waiter asks what he would like. And he says, make me some perspective. And um, I think that it's extremely important. What I've come to learn is that it does not matter if you agree with your spouse's perspective or not. The question is, are you walking in understanding? The, 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 the scripture, 1 Peter 3, 9, or sorry, 8 and 9 says, Finally, all of you be of one mind, having compassion for one another. Love as brothers, be tender, tenderhearted, be courteous, not returning evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but on the contrary, blessing, knowing that you are called to this, that you may inherit a blessing. There's something powerful about walking in understanding. There's something powerful about, about um, putting yourself in the shoes of your spouse, um, giving them the benefit of the doubt. Love hopes all things and believes all things. Um, I want to say something and then I'll, I'll, I'll clarify it. I think it's important to be a student of your spouse. Now, what I'm not talking about is, you know, the Bible talks about submitting one to another, but I, 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 I want to clarify, you know, there, there is an order in, in the family in that God has put the husband over the wife as a covering, not as some kind of domineering, like jerk. Come on, guys. So, so we are to protect, we're to lead, we're to, we're to serve. But, but I, I think that it's so important to remain a student of your spouse's interests, of the way that they work, of the way that they think, of the way that they understand things, of the way that they need to be communicated to. Husbands, do you know that your wives need to be communicated to? <laughs> Speaking to me. I didn't think it was a big deal that I didn't, you know. It's a big deal. Um, we, we have such a profound, blessed opportunity to walk in wonder. And, and reverence that God has placed such an amazing person before you to live life with. Nobody else, listen, you stepped into a covenant. If you're getting married, you're stepping into a covenant, which means that they don't get to just go find somebody else. 
So do them the, the honor of treating them in such a way where that never becomes a temptation. And I'm not saying that there isn't temptation out there and there isn't evil and there isn't sin. That absolutely, and there's selfishness, but, but give your spouse the opportunity to enjoy the relationship that they are in. And, the, and one of the primary ways that we can do that is by walking in, in, in wonder and, and taking great interest in your spouse. Um, Putting yourself in the shoes of yourself, in, in the shoes of your spouse, and putting effort into understanding—it's easy to not understand your spouse. Have you noticed that it's really easy to not understand? Because it takes no effort to not understand. Just fell into not understanding you. Because I put zero effort into understanding you. And when you're so fixated on your opinion and. And you're so fixated on, on, on the way you want things to happen. And you're so fixated on your dream. And you're so fixated on the way you want to, to make stuff happen. It, it becomes very, very difficult for you to prefer the other in love and walk in such a way that you are truly becoming one. Um, lastly, I, I felt like God dropped this in my heart and it might be a little bit of a side note, but, but I felt like the Lord wanted me to remind us about the lasting effects of little things. And I want to start by talking about the negative things, the, the little looks, the little belittling things, the little nagging Remarks the the little things that that you're like yeah it's not a big deal it's not did you know that that just absolutely robs your relationship of any kind of romance whatsoever I mean we we have the ability to undervalue the the impact that our selfishness and nearsightedness, uh, the, the, the way that that affects our relationships. And so I would just encourage us as a church body, not just in our marital relationships, but come on, every single in this place, every brother, every sister, remove gossip from your lips, remove, remove the, the, the mockery, removes the, the, the easy snide remarks that, that you can make about your brothers and sisters and about your spouse. Because I'll tell you this much, it, it, it drains the lifeblood from your relationships. It just inserts poison. And in the same way that you have the ability to bring life in all the little things, you also have the ability to bring death in all the little things. Um, point number four is um, one in fire. Uh, this comes from James 1, 2 through 4. It says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. Um, many of us are probably familiar with this scripture. It sounds very good, and it is good. 
<laughs> but it is, it is hard when you're in the fire, when you're in the season, when you are in the trials of various kinds. Um, and the, the thing is, is that trials and the dark days are unavoidable. The scripture says, uh, count it all joy, brothers, when you meet the trials of various kinds, not if, unfortunately, <laughs> no, um, but when you meet them. So we are, gonna, we are going to meet the hard days and the dark days, and they, they will change you. Absolutely. And they will change your marriage um, and they can break you or they can build you and refine you and your marriage. Um, and, uh, you know, f- fire produces heat, obviously, <laughs> and heat melts things. And if you've ever heard of um, like a crucible or even like welding when, when you, um, or, or glass melting together, the, the temperature gets so hot that the items melt and they become one or together. And you know, the, the word says that we become one. When we get married, we become one. But if you're married and you've been married for a little bit, you know that there are seasons that you become one. <laughs> one you one, become one. really one and you you feel the temperature rising and you are melting into one um and you know there there's there's been a few seasons of our lives um that we have we have felt the heat and we have felt um the the temperatures rising and um you know some of you may know our story but um we we had a, a difficult time having kids. We've had four miscarriages. And in that season, it was several years um, and it created heat and it created fire in our relationship. And, you know, at times it probably didn't bring us together in the best way. I think at the end of the day, it, it absolutely has. Um, but I wanted to share a little bit about a um, more recent uh, season for us um, that caused, it, caused the temperatures to rise greatly. And, um, it, and it, was, it was a painful season. And so um, almost a year ago, um, our twins were due. They were actually due in November, they, but they were four four weeks early. So they were born October 10th and um, they were born healthy. It was amazing. And we were in the hospital. Um, usually with twins, you stay a couple days. And so uh, we got released to go home. And on, I believe it was day five of their life, we started noticing some, just some things that were off. Um, just not wanting to eat. Um, and then their breathing became um, very odd and seemed like they were having a um, hard time breathing. And it was interesting because it started with one twin and a couple hours later in the same order of symptoms, the other twin started um, having the same symptoms. And so um, that ended us in the ER wondering what is going on. And um, that began that began a two-week um, trial, <laughs> two weeks um, of, I would say, the darkest days of our lives. Um, it was it was dark. Um, we didn't know what was going on with our boys, um, and they were, I, I mean, this is such a long story, and I do not have time to go into it, but they were fighting for their lives. They were not breathing on their own. They were, they were fighting for their lives, and um, we did not know, um, I shouldn't say that, we were told, we, we didn't know for sure what was going to happen. Um, we believed for the best, but there was a lot of things being told to us. And um, let me tell you that that caused heat to rise because not only was it, you know, with our family and our, and our marriage and everything, but these are our kids. And so 
personally, we were in dark days. And so we, there was a lot of grace needing to be given and to be received. And, um, and I, I, I will tell you that, it, I mean, it, the temperatures rose big time and we had a choice and we had a big choice to either let it um, absolutely destroy us or to let us um, mold together. And honestly, in this, this is kind of a side note that I just thought of. It wasn't just us molding together. I mean, it took, it was so many people. It was family coming together with us. It was church family, people we didn't even know praying, coming together with us because we needed support. And so kind of a side note is sometimes it's not gonna just like coming together with one, but you might need some extra support because on the dark days, sometimes you need someone to hold you up when you're like, I cannot stand anymore. Um, And another thing in this um, is that we learned so much the importance of fixing our eyes on Jesus. And of course, like, you know, you want to be like, well, yeah, duh, like, yes, fix your eyes on Jesus. But sometimes when you're met with something, you have a choice to let the circumstance suck you up or to fix your eyes on Jesus and what he says. And I remember... um, um, I don't know exactly what day it was, but we had been transferred from Kootenai to Sacred Heart. So this was probably about a week into um, this this journey. And I remember that it was probably the roughest day at the NICU. We got to Sacred Heart. And as soon as we got there, the doctor wanted to talk with us. And um, that started a whole day of probably four to five meetings with specialists and doctors and all these different people that wanted to meet with us. And every single meeting was not good. It was like we were being bombarded with um, exactly what you don't want to hear. Worst case scenario, um, this is what we think it is. This is what um, might happen to your boys. And we're waiting for testing. But And it was, um, honestly, we haven't even said a lot of what was told to us that day because it was, it was death. It was not good. And I remember, you know, during this time, we were texting our families every day and they were, I mean, they were there, but when, in the morning, when we got there, we would send a little update. And I remember just texting, the report is not good. And so we just need to pray. (laughs) And they replied with, um, you know, uh, I don't remember the exact, the exact words, but it was something along the lines of the doctors do not have the final report. And it is so good to get an update. Like it is good to get an update. And honestly, like side note, we are so thankful for the medical staff. Like they loved our kids like their own. They loved our kids. But when the report was not good, we could not settle for that. We were not going to settle for the report of the doctor. And so I remember my parents saying, we are done waiting for that report. We are only going to fix our eyes on Jesus's report. And again, like our hope was that did that the whole, the whole way. But for some reason, there was something that shifted that day. And it was like, we drew a line in the sand. No more. We're not, we're not going to set what you're saying. And there's going to be a miracle because we didn't, there, there was just no way that we were going to settle for the report given to us. And um, so from that day on, when the report was good, awesome. We, we received that and we, we continue to pray for the report of the Lord. When the report was bad, we just said, no, thank you. And we decided that the report of the Lord is what we are going to settle for. And what happened? Guess what happened? The report changed. They, they started getting better and better. And I, I kid you not, like if, you, you know, if you've been around for a little bit, you probably know this. It was like the doctors were shocked. They were literally like, we have never seen this before. We don't know what's going on. But the report, the report changed. Um, and it didn't, it, it, it was, it was, um, it was, a, it was a miracle. 
That's what I will say, it was a miracle. Um, and, and so of course in, in this, it, it, um, it changed us. Our, our boys will always be marked by miracles. That's just the way that it is because they started their life in a miracle and they're gonna continue to walk in that. And God chose us to be their parents in that. And it changed us along the way. We pr- I know personally, I pray different now. I will always pray different now because I've seen it firsthand what God can do when you ask boldly and when you declare what he has over any other report from man. And so today, you know, you, your crucible might not look like ours, but you probably have a crucible. You probably have something that is, has or is heating up and you have a choice. And, um, the, you, you know, like I said, it, we, we are going to experience pain, um, but through pain produces hope. And so pray for hope because the end is glory. The end is, is complete and lacking nothing. Like that is, the, that is the end. That is the promise of God that when you continue to push through, when you continue to have hope, when you continue to be steadfast, you have, you com- you're complete and lacking nothing. And um, God gets all the glory in that. And so um, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna begin to close and Topher's gonna lead us in that. But I, I really felt something um, as we were driving here actually, and we were praying and I just felt something and then it's just kind of kept t- bug- bugging me. <laughs> Not bugging me, but you know, it keeps coming to mind. And um, I had the thought of when, when we were praying in the car, I just, I prayed that, um, I felt like there was people gonna be here today that if, we, if you would have known that the, the topic was gonna be on marriage, that you wouldn't have come. And um, I just want to encourage you that as we close and as, as he, you know, as we invite you to get pray for, prayed for, I just want to ask you to be bold because if you're kind of feeling that, like maybe there's something that someone can come alongside of you and pray with you. Because like I said, like everyone experiences this fire and everyone needs a reminder to be one in values and to be one in, um, to have one in perspective. And so um, I just, I just want to remind you that you're, you're not alone. Like we're, we're up here, we're sharing, you know, things that, maybe we've been through or we've experienced. Our marriage is so far from perfect, but I will say that we are committed. We are committed to being more like Jesus. And, um, and, and we definitely have had times, honestly, we have a couple, I think that is maybe not here, but I remember early in our marriage, it was like nine o'clock at night and we went to their house because we needed help. We needed to talk to someone and someone to come alongside us saying like, you're gonna get through this and we're gonna talk about it and it's okay to be mad right now, but we're gonna get through this and you guys are gonna be good and you're gonna, you're gonna do awesome and this is gonna build you and this is gonna complete you and you're not gonna lack anything because you stayed and you're, and you're committed. So.